From the East Coast to the West, this is the Coast to Coast NBA Podcast. I'm Chalanga. And I'm Dylan. What's up, man? Chalanga. We've taken a lot of flack for the amount of emergency pods that we've had to start the season. And I don't even think it's our fault. This is the most volatile an NBA season has ever been for the Timberwolves. Yo, it's been crazy. I don't know about ever, but it's been real crazy. And there's been a lot of emergencies that have happened, and I think we've covered the, them well. Um, we should call it the ENS, Emergency NBA Services. There it is. <laughs> there we go. S- sorry, Dylan. I'm, I just woke up from the what I call a pod nap. It's the thing where <laughs> I make a dumb mistake. And then have to atone by waking up in the middle of the night to record a podcast. It's all right. We forgive you. (laughs) Hopefully, I'll be able to get this up tonight if we can be short enough. All right. What a game last night. Seriously, historic game for the Wolves last night. They won by 39. (laughs) Oh, my God. And they were up before crunch time, like 45, 48. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um is Popovich I, washed? No. That team is just not good. I was just joking. <laughs> I don't think they're that bad. I think they're actually pretty good. Well, I think I think on paper they're okay. I I think losing Deontay, DeJounte Murray was really rough for them. I think that LaMarcus Aldridge is having a career bad season. He maybe I've only caught him on off nights, but he has not looked like the Lamarcus Aldridge of old. DeRozan is being DeRozan, but when DeRozan is really the only uh, player that's really given you quality contribution, then that is not really the recipe for a good NBA team. On NBA.com, Derek White started at the power forward position. <laughs> what? No, NBA.com is. <laughs> they need. But look at this. But they look at this help. lineup. They have DeRozan, who, and then Rudy Gay, who can play wings, but they don't really have a center because LaMarcus did not play well at the center position last night. No. And they don't have anybody who can really rim protect and anchor the center of the court. They're completely empty at power forward. I mean, Rudy Gay can play some power forward minutes, but who else is it? Right, because LaMarcus Aldridge is kind of that – the tweener, like the modern day tweener is the person that's between four and five and isn't really good enough to play either position. And that's kind of the the no man's land in the modern NBA. So Jakob Pertl was playing a lot of the five minutes behind him. But mm-hmm. then other than that, like Pau Gasol's hurt right now. Mm-hmm. And they've got that young guy, Chemezi Metu, um, who I think could be okay. Um in the future, I have no an, clue who that is. <laughs> he's an undrafted rookie. <laughs> no one listening to this podcast knows who that is. Everyone's just going onto the internet and trying to figure out who that is. <laughs> he came into the game last night with like five, six minutes left, maybe. And <laughs> Jim Peterson was like, well, looks like uh, Greg Popovich has given up on this game. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, with five minutes left, he gave up on this game? I feel like he gave up on the game with the whole quarter left. No, it was probably like nine minutes left in the fourth, actually. Um, well, I guess Okogi came in, so that was our that was our victory cigar was Josh Okogi and Dang and KBD. Nunnally came in eventually. It was tight. It was hella tight. 
the coolest, the most tight thing was that with 43 <laughs> seconds. What are you I'm laughing sorry. at now? The most tight the, thing. The most tight thing is that with 43 seconds left, Tolly tried to take a charge. I we know. were up 43 points with 43 seconds left, and he tried to take a charge. Yo, that's like so. So what I took away from that game last day was I've never seen the Minnesota Timberwolves try this hard in a basketball game. For every second of that game, the energy was at 100%. The effort was at 100%. The defense was out of this world. They were working so hard on the defensive end of the floor. I, like, I am so proud of this basketball team. If they can like keep this up, even like 75% of that defensive effort, this team is going to be pretty good. Robert Covington, Dark Horse Defensive Player of the Year. I don't even know if it's Dark Horse anymore. I think it's True. just regular and horse. If he keeps it up, if he keeps it up, I just feel like he's not, you know, the name. Yeah, but he was first team all defense last year. True. True. So so he could do it. What kind of first team all defense person would be a Dark Horse for? Well, I just feel like Wings are never defensive player of the year. I feel like it's always. A Kawhi? Oh, yeah, Kawhi. But that's Kawhi. But the most important thing that Robert Covington does is that, and Kawhi does this, is that they can guard point guards. Yeah. That's yeah, it's, amazing. It's crazy. He's He's, he's our crazy. primary point guard defender. Like, if the point guard is the best player on the team, he's our primary defender on that point guard. Mm-hmm. I was listening to the Zach Lowe podcast, and he was saying that Robert Covington, like, spent 56% of his minutes guarding, like, point guards. It's crazy. Or It was something crazy like that. I mean, that makes sense on that Philly team, though. But I just don't think yet, right? Because they're all so huge. Uh-huh. But I just I don't think that Jimmy Butler has that level of versatility. I think Jimmy Butler's not as good of a defender as Rocco. And I think that Jimmy Butler probably isn't as good as – it. it's probably not crazy to say as good as Jimmy Butler for this team. For the Timberwolves. Yeah, I mean, Jimmy Butler's definitely bigger than Rocco. And so, you know, if you're talking about going up against LeBron, you probably would rather have Jimmy Butler than Rocco. But the versatility of Robert Covington. Robert Covington is listed at 6'9", though. Jimmy Butler is listed at 6'7". Okay, well, first of all, that listing for Jimmy Butler ain't right. Jimmy Butler is a tall, tall man. And, like, he's also just bigger. You look at him and you're like, ooh, it's a big, big man. Robert Covington's a little slim. In terms of weight, I would I could agree with that, but just in terms of length and in terms of like actual height, I think that they're about the same. Maybe Covington's a little bit bigger. Oh, pr- probably, but I mean, like when you're talking about guarding bigger players, weight has a lot to do with it. You know, being able like not being yeah. able to push around. Like anyway, right? Anyway, um, I also want to say that having Josh Okoge. And Anthony Tolliver coming off the bench when mm. the game is over is such a luxury. He had a huge dunk that we oh, all loved, shit. but more importantly... Shit. <laughs> shit, it was so good. I was looking down when that happened like an idiot, so I had to uh, go back and rewatch it. It was amazing. But more importantly, he was three for four from three, and I think that's a bigger sign because he's been struggling a, a little bit as of late from three point and now he's over the 30 percent mark yeah man he comes in after not playing for like five games and pops off like that that's crazy um this team is built for injury for a lot of people 
as long as Carl Anthony Towns doesn't get hurt, which he never does. Knock, knock on wood, baby. Yeah, true. There's a quality backup at every position, you know, three, four deep. My question to you is, when do the Wolves uh, do what the Charlotte Hornets did with Michael Kidd Gilchrist to Andrew Wiggins and have oh him come God. off the bench? I don't even know if I like him off the bench. I don't <laughs> like him anywhere. I think I think we need to trade him. For what? For what? <laughs> for nothing. I don't care what it's for. All right. Just get that salary off of our uh, payroll. All right. We'll give Atlanta Hawks. We'll give you four future first-round picks. Just please take Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> <laughs> They'll take it. They they love taking first-round picks uh-huh. for uh for bad talent. I mean, <laughs> not bad, but worse talent than Luca, right? Oh, by far. Um, that Trey Young trade is looking worse and worse every day. Well, I don't know. I think Trey Young's going to be very good. Okay, but Luca is going to be a top ten player. He's like if Ben Simmons could shoot. Uh, a little bit less. Ath- he's way less athletic. But yeah. He's like that. Um, as far as like the vision and the, and the facilitation, sure. Hawks also got another first round pick. Although we'll see if the Mavericks keep playing like they are, that pick might not be that good. Which brings us to. Our next point, Dylan, what do you think is the final grade of the Jimmy Butler trade? So going back to when Jimmy Butler was traded in the offseason uh, 2017, Yep. traded Zach Levine, Chris Dunn, and the number seven pick, which was Laurie Markkinen, to the Chicago Bulls for Jimmy Butler and Justin Patton. Both of whom are no longer on our team. <laughs> what do you think the final grade was? Do you think it was worth it? Um, do you think it was a good move, bad move? What are your thoughts? Okay, so basically this trade, it started off with, with what you said, but basically what this trade equals now is Zach Levine, Chris Dunn, Laurie Markkinen for Rocco and Saric. I would do that trade 10 times out of 10. Laurie Markkinen and Chris Dunn, while they are both injured right now and they haven't been playing it almost – well, Chris Dunn played one game and Laurie hasn't played at all yet this season. So that remains to be seen. Zach Levine started off so hot. He was, like, averaging 30 points a game, and now teams are starting to blitz him and double-team him, and he is starting to fail. I think Laurie Markkinen will help with that. Uh, Chris Dunn, I don't know what he's going to do, but – you just look at basically what we got was two starters for a team that won 52 games last year. Two quality starters. And we don't even have to use Saric in our starting lineup. We are using him currently as a like a backup, like a seventh man right now. Essentially what this gave us was just tons of depth and tons of athletic playmaking without needing to dribble. And that's something that Zach Levine, Chris Dunn, that's something that those guys cannot do. They cannot create without dribbling. But both Robert Covington, who will just like take one dribble and then fire it up, and Sharish, who is the most active player I've seen off ball that the Wolves have had in a very long time. Whenever the ball is stagnant, it seems like Sharish will always throw some kind of screen, even an off ball screen, to another guy, and he'll say, go. And 
it always turns into something better than what was going to happen, which was Derrick Rose or Jeff Teague just doing a pick and roll or just doing ISO until they can try to get a deep two. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I give this trade an A plus. Okay. Yeah. It, I this could age. This. this could age really <laughs> poorly. <laughs> yeah. I would have. I would have dissect this for just a moment. Um. I so I think there are a few key pieces here. One of the pieces is the the chemistry of the basketball team. Chemistry is incredibly important on a basketball floor. Not just personality meshing, but basketball games meshing. Because we all know Zach loves Wiggs and uh, Carl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, so I think the young wolves, um, the, the, the puppies of old, uh, with our little three of Levine, Wiggins, and Towns, I think they were really good friends. I think that they were growing up together, palling around together, and there was really good off-court chemistry. Uh, however, their games did not really mesh on the floor very well. Like you said, a lot of people that needed to dribble to be productive. When Jimmy came in, the basketball chemistry was um, even worse. I sh- hated how our should offense. I put this? Yeah, <laughs> it was it was the most effective. It was like a, we were what a top three <laughs> offense in the league, but it was the worst yeah. offense in the league to watch. It was so boring. Yeah, I mean, it was just it was it was talent. It was just a talent based offense. What was nice about having Jimmy Butler on the team is that it pushed the Wolves into this new echelon of teams. We made the playoffs um, it, for the first time in 14 it, years. Yeah, it, it put pressure on Carl Anthony Towns. It put pressure on Andrew Wiggins. And you know what, Dylan? Pressure makes diamonds. Oh, good one. Good one. Now you've got a friend in the diamond business. Every kiss begins with K-A-T. Carl Anthony Towns. Um. <laughs> anyway... Point being, I think that this Jimmy Butler experience has been uh, an important journey for our young guys, uh, for the team. It is, it has put our, our chemistry at a new level. It has put the like the the resilience and and the galvanization that the Jimmy Butler experience uh, provided for for this Wolves team is irreplaceable. Yeah, irreplaceable to the left. <laughs> it's to not the left. only Zach Levine, Chris Dunn, Laurie Markkinen. For Roko and Saric, but it's also this in, intangible sort of uh, experience that this team shared, and is now like rising above. Uh, the Wolves are on a four-game winning streak. It's really exciting. I don't know if it's gonna last, but as long as the effort continues, I don't see why it wouldn't last. Cause it's not like anybody besides Derrick Rose is really playing out of their mind you know right in fact andrew wiggins is is playing really poorly so if if andrew wiggins kind of comes back up to his mean and derrick rose (laughs) comes back down to his mean is isn't that kind of (laughs) like if they'll eventually balance each other out right yeah well here's some here's some big things for me too gorgie is playing out of his mind he's playing above his contract right now i mean i don't know if he's playing playing above his contract he's at least playing up to it and Jeff Teague is isn't getting in the way. That's those are the two biggest things for me. I'm not mad yeah, well, at Jeff, either of those guys right now, and I don't want. I don't even want to. Jeff Teague's him. a little banged up. I don't know if, how much Jeff Teague can get in the way right now. He's uh, his knee has been bothering him for weeks now. Um, and Gorgie, the thing is, Gorgie, I, I, he had a rough year last year. I tweeted this out, but I think. Uh, I think Jimmy Butler was trying to convert him to Christianity last year. Wait, what? And he was stressed out about it. Uh, 
Wait, is this as, a real thing? So as as you may or may not know, Gorgi Jang is a, a devout Muslim. And my theory is that last year, Gorgi had the worst year of his career because Jimmy Butler was in his ear 24-7 trying to convert the man to Christianity. Oh, God. We all know Jimmy Butler is a very religious man, goes to church every Sunday, takes a Kogi to church. Wait, he took a Kogi to church? Yeah, man. They're church friends. Where do you hear all this good gossip? I'm glad that my <laughs> son's getting a good moral upbringing, by the way. Um, yeah, true. He, he <laughs> he's a he's a man of God. Um, he wow. loves Jesus. He loves his dad. He loves his family. So I'm, anyway, he does uh, he does love me. He sends me I love you texts every morning. <laughs> there there's no uh basis to this theory all i know is that now that jimmy's gone gorgie's playing like the gorgie that we signed to a huge contract Interesting. and he's hitting those mid-range shots which last year he just could not hit those like uh 18 20 foot mid-rangers which seemed automatic for the first two years of his career right, right. um and now he's back to it uh and that feels that, that looks really really good i think He's just gotten his confidence back. He's gotten his groove back. And he, he looks like the Gorgie Jang that is actually a solid backup center um, who gives you some really quality minutes. He's not even making that much money. I'm going to be honest. Like, he's making – it's not a <laughs> massive contract. It's not. Jeff Teague is making way more money. Jeff Teague is making, uh, a like, a mid-level exception more than Gorgie Jang is making this year. He's making, this like, is the biggest – this is the biggest turnaround ever, Dylan. <laughs> no, it's I. Well, I okay. Gorky was playing like utter manure. Yeah, he was playing bad last year. Pun intended. Utter manure. <laughs> and he has been playing really well, but he only has to live up to fifteen million dollars. That's not a, a ton to live up to. It's it's like maybe he should be starting. Um, that's starter said. That's starting money. Yeah, that's a starting av- like an maybe an average starting center value but this last game in this last eight games he's been playing up to 70 percent of his contract and that's unbelievable because right now we have two players that are playing twice their contract Sarge probably three or four times his contract you know in Rocco and Sarge yeah yep 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 anyway uh I'm gonna give the wool the Jimmy Butler experience I'm gonna give it like a b no, you know I don't. That's, you're giving the Jimmy Butler experience a B. I'm talking about would you trade Zach Levine, Chris Dunn, Laurie Markkinen for Jimmy Butler for one year plus a playoff appearance and a playoff win, and you got to see that awesome Nuggets game, <laughs> and Rocco this year and Sharich, and you're gonna have them for not just this year but at least through next year. Would you? So do that would trade? I do it all? Would I do it all again? Yeah. Sure. But I'm still gonna give it a B. It's not an A plus experience. Oh, I, 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 that this has not been an A plus experience as a fan. Let me tell you. I love the craziness. I love that <laughs> it's making the wolves relevant. That's true. Maybe if the wolves can stay this crazy and have tons of different awesome storylines, we can fill up the god dang target center. Yeah, it was empty last night. Embarrassing. Oh fucking ghost town i had some friends at the game and they were like i was like oh man it looks empty in the target center and they were like yo it's a ghost town everybody listening to this pod if you live in the twin cities area you have to go to at least two games 
Mm-hmm. At Before least. the team gets sold out of Minnesota. No excuses. Oh, also, Chalenga, I think that you owe Glenn Taylor an apology because without Glenn Taylor, this trade wouldn't have happened, and you know it. For Rocco and Saric? Yes. He pressured right. this trade. I want you to apologize on pod right now. All right, Glenn Taylor, if you're listening. Which he is, which he is. He's definitely listening. Yeah, Glenn, I know you're listening. You write me every week saying that you're sorry for offending me and that you wish things were different and that you value me as a fan. And I really appreciate that. And you know what? I'm I'm going to be the bigger man here, and I'm going to say I'm sorry. I'm sorry for saying that you're a terrible owner. I'm sorry for insinuating that you're a racist. <laughs> Which you had no grounds for. <laughs> I'm sorry for tricking you. No laughing. This is very serious stuff. Trying to trick you into being a racist. And I love you. And I value you. And you look like a fucking troll. Also, we loved seeing KG back retire his number. To complete this Put it apology. up in the rafters. Come on. Just, I've retired KG's number already. This is crazy. <laughs> this is, it's so rude. It's so rude. <laughs> like, he brought Minnesota its greatest basketball. Hopefully not greatest for forever. Hopefully second greatest after this year. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Uh, Are we going to make the playoffs? Number. Retire Rocco. Um, Hashtag retire Rocco. Weird how Robert Coverton is already the best rebounder on this team and the best three-point shooter and the best defender. Hmm. Anyway, let's move on. We're going to do a little bit of a a draft of the Western Conference playoffs. Um, We did this in the preseason. Uh, However, things have changed quite significantly. Um, So we're going to start from the top with the teams we are most confident with making the playoffs. And we're going to move down. We're going to try to get eight. um, And this is going to be very hard. Dylan, are you ready? Yeah, who's starting? Uh, I'm going to start. God dang it. Ha ha! I have the hardest job, which is to follow up your pick, which is going to be easy. Here, go. Uh, My pick is going to be the Golden State Warriors. Easy. Uh, I don't even want to talk about it. Hopefully they can get healthy. Literally the only team in the West that I am sure will make the playoffs. Yes. I'm going to say the Los Angeles Lakers, number two. <laughs> hey, you Is that gotta crazy? Bet on, you got to bet on LeBron. They're now, 12 and 9 tonight. I had to bet on LeBron. Now, I'm not saying that they're the second best team in the league. I say that they have the second highest chance of making the playoffs. I'm with that. I'm or with the second that. best team, yeah, in the conference. Because LeBron doesn't get hurt. And if you got LeBron, you're going to make the playoffs. That's. Uh, a tried and tested formula <laughs> in the NBA. Uh, my number three team, I am going to bet on the Oklahoma City Thunder. I would actually be pretty shocked if they didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. They're they're playing pretty well. Um, They've been playing without without Russ for a, a bunch of it for at least five games, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they've been and they've been able to overcome that. The early season woes are gone, and I want you to talk about your boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will uh, come yeah. up. So, so come up on me. I had a great take in the preseason. Um, one of my two way players to watch, Deontay Burton, um, out of Iowa State, has been getting significant minutes for the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. 
Um, the other night he played like 21 minutes, scored 11 points, a couple rebounds, a couple assists. It's cool to see undrafted rookies getting an opportunity. Um, we all are familiar with Alonzo Trier, who is oh, having a great season in New York as an undrafted rookie. But uh, I just want to give some shout outs to Deontay Burton, making it as like a 25-year-old undrafted rookie, making contributions to a playoff team. Way to go, yeah. Deontay. The fact that he's even playing in games recently is a win. And whoever was calling you out for that being a bad take, they're just wrong. <laughs> Who was they're it? Wrong. Call him out on the pod. Uh, Michael Fields said, well, okay, so what he said exactly was that he'll never be like a significant figure in the NBA. Well, that's easy to say about an undrafted rookie. You're just trying to say, like, I want to keep my eyes on him. Yeah, I think he's going to be a solid NBA player. Um, and I think that's where Michael was like, well, I don't think he's going to be solid. I think he's going to be maybe a, a drop in the bucket. But I think he's going to be solid. I think he's good. So, Michael, come fight me. Those guys with tons of energy, they seem to come up all the time at the end of the draft and in the undrafted area, you know, like those guys that are just bowling balls, and he's one of those guys. Yeah, he's got a lot of energy. And he's like, he's positionless in in a good way. Shout out to Deontay Burton. Okay, my next pick. Number four. The team fourth most likely to make the playoffs. This is recency bias only, but it's the Los Angeles Clippers. Damn. I'm su- I'm really not sold on the Clippers yet. Yeah, but like know- who who are you sold more than that right now? I'll I'll uh, find out. I'll tell you with my next pick. Uh but my thing with the Clippers is that Danilo Gallinari is a serious injury risk. He has been every year of his career. Even though he looks good, he looks in shape, he looks healthy. I just don't trust his body. Same with Patrick Beverly. Mhm. Same with Avery Bradley. Like, <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of injury prone players on this team. Granted, they do have significant depth, so maybe it's not that big of a deal. And maybe I'm really overblowing it. They're a really good team, and I just think you just don't know where it's going to come from because Tobias Harris mm-hmm. is playing like he deserves the max. He's going to get the max. Well, we'll see. They got rid of Blake Griffin. You know, they don't have a ton of loyalty. I'm not saying he's gonna get the maximum the Clippers, but somebody's gonna somebody's gonna miss. Somebody's gonna be like, oh, this off season we're gonna get Clay Thompson, and Clay Thompson is gonna re-sign with the Golden State Warriors, of course, and they're gonna be like, fuck, fuck, fuck. Uh, Tobias Harris, here's five year max. Why do you say of course? Um, I I want to blow it up. I want to blow up the Warriors. No. <laughs> no. They're, well, they're not all gonna Clay Clay and Durant aren't gonna both resign, are they? That's like five hundred million in luxury tax. That's like, yeah, but if you're the Warriors, you pay the luxury tax and say, "Fuck it, like, this is the I don't, best team ever, possibly." Well, yeah, I just don't. I I don't think that both of them are going to be on the team, and at the very least, Draymond's not going to be on the team. But uh, well, Draymond's still under contract for another year, right? But I um, I I think that those three will not. One of those three will not be on the team next year. I just can't really imagine a world where Clay leaves in free agency. I um, can. Everybody else is. Lakers, baby. Yeah, but Clay is such like a Bay Area guy. He loves the Warriors. Isn't Clay from LA? Michael Thompson is a Lakers announcer, isn't he? Yeah. Los Angeles, California, born. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe he'll take the drive down. What is it? The the one? We have the one oh one and then the we have the one, but the one we call the PCH. Pacific Coast Highway. Oh, 
the PCH, just up up the down the PCH to LA. Anyway, that's a conversation for another pod. We gotta we gotta we gotta keep going. The next team I'm most confident about making the playoffs. Number five. I'm gonna say this is where it gets tough about who what which team has the best odds. You know, I've been really impressed by the Denver Nuggets. We were pretty low on them I in the off season, mm. but it's crazy the love for the Nuggets at the beginning of the season. The Ringer could not get off of the Nuggets. Duke, they yeah. were saying like, who's the second best team in the West? Oh well, it has to be the Nuggets. Granted, they they do have the second best record, but. They ain't the second best team in the West. They're really good, and I've been really impressed by their play. Uh, they've got good depth. I have no feel for the Nuggets team. I want to hate them so badly, and that's the only reason why I picked the Clippers first. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I'm trying to I'm trying to live into this Nuggets Wolves rivalry, but until the Wolves are are good, it's hard for me to really feel uh, hatred for other teams. You know. I don't know, cause you look at Michigan and they still hate Ohio State, and you look at you look at bad teams. All the Lions still hate the Bears and the Packers. You can still, I I do feel like you can still have rivalries even when you're bad. The Red Sox always hated the Yankees, no matter when they were bad, when they were good. Well, that's the Yankees. That's a little different than the Nuggets. <laughs> I'm leaning into this. I hate the Nuggets, and I think that you're right. And I probably should have picked the Nuggets before the Clippers. You know what, Dylan? It's okay because these are basically arbitrary rankings that we're putting together right now. There are five and a half games between uh, the Rockets in fourteenth in their fourteenth spot and the Clippers in the first spot. So it's crazy. Well, are we already on six? Yeah, three spots left. Can the Wolves make it? I feel like you can't, you can't do it. I can't. No, I'm not doing <laughs> the Wolves. This I, I'm not thinking about the Wolves right now. I just don't know who I would think about. I have no clue. Um, the Blazers. There's some. Yeah, that, there we go. That's the that's the right pick, I think. It's the right pick, but I, at this point, I feel like over fifty percent confident that all the teams that we have picked so far are going to make the playoffs. But the Blazers, I'm not over fifty percent confident. Um. You have never been sold on the Blazers. I I haven't. And I think that part of it is because of their starting lineup issues at the wing position mm-hmm. and at the power mm-hmm. forward position. It's like, who are they starting? And I, it's a new person every night. Or it's Jake <laughs> Lehman, who is a new person every night uh-huh. by himself. He's a, he's a basketball <laughs> layman. Yeah, he literally is a layman. So... <laughs> I don't trust that at all. And at the very least, I think the Blazers could get swept out of the playoffs if they make it again. Because we do see like good guard play can get you through the mm-hmm. regular season. But once mm-hmm. the game starts slowing down, um, the bigs are going to be more important, which w- you'd think would favor a team like the Grizzlies, the ground and pound, right? But the Grizzlies, I just thought we were going to get too hurt. Yeah, the Grizzlies are going to get too hurt. Although who knows when I, I want to believe in the Grizzlies so hard, um, but it, it it's it's too scary for me to put any stock in that. We've talked about the Blazers plenty, so let me let me say my seventh team, my seventh most likely team to make the playoffs in the West is the Houston Rockets. Oh my God! Come on, they got to make it. 
There's, oh my god. They gotta make it. I know it's scary to think that where they are, but there's gonna be some move that comes along that makes them incrementally better. They're nine eleven. They are nine and eleven. Which is only uh two one and a half games back from the A seed, which is currently the Dallas Mavericks. And <laughs> what are the chances the Dallas Mavericks make the playoffs? Like ten five percent? Are they I wanna I want I wanna bet on the Mavericks making the playoffs and the Rockets missing it. That's an exciting <laughs> No That's an exciting bet. You do not want to bet on that. <laughs> I'm really into losing money. I don't know if oh, you know that okay. me, Well, it's like gambling golf. <laughs> um but yeah the Houston Rockets have to make it. Like there's the NBA world where Chris Paul, James Harden and Clint Capella as your core can't make the playoffs is a world that I don't understand. Uh and so I'm going to stick in reality and say the Houston Rockets are at least 7th most likely to make it into the playoffs. Okay. I I can get down on that. Mhm. Um my 8th most likely team to make the playoffs. Oh God! And I I have about fifteen percent confidence in this, uh, just because they have the best player, the New Orleans Pelicans. Yeah, that's a good pick. They have a really good starting what seven guys. They can they can mm-hmm. really play seven guys well. Past that, mm-hmm. I don't think they have anything. It's rough. They're pretty thin. They're pretty thin. But Anthony I mean, Davis is the second best, third best. He's the top five player in the NBA. So, like, him missing the playoffs would be catastrophic for the league. Yeah, it would. I was shocked when I learned that the Pelicans are starting Wesley Johnson. I, <laughs> I thought that man was dead and gone. Um, I thought he had, like, been buried after what James Harden did to him last year. Well, now um, they got Etwan Moore and Tim Frazier. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, it's it's yeah. Oh, great. Um, <laughs> Not much better. Etoile Moore is actually okay. Etoile Moore, Moore is good. He he played really well against us. Uh-huh. He, he yeah. He's he's a under underrated player slightly, um, only because no one knows who he is. <laughs> I guess. I guess if if NBA people knew who he was, then he would be properly rated. Well, um, that you could say that about anybody. <laughs> Almost. Other than LeBron, truth that's not very high praise, is it? Um, no. But I, I don't mind Etwan more. And like their their three headed big man in Miritich, Davis, and Randall is really good. Um, it's really really good. So, I love it. It's like the um, triple towers. We need to have yeah. a new name for that. The triple towers. It's serious. They can play in. They can give you so many looks just out of the front court, which is cool. So in review, are most likely to make the playoffs in the West in at order. this point. In order, number one, the Golden State Warriors, Los Angeles Clippers, or excuse me, Lakers, Los Angeles Lakers, LeBron, Lakers, the Oklahoma City Thunder, the Los Angeles Clippers, Denver Nuggets, Portland Trail Blazers, the Houston Rockets, and the New Orleans Pelicans, Nolans, baby. Wow. All right, Dylan. The Wolves are ninth. Wolves are in ninth. I'll put the Wolves in ninth. There we go. I think that's fair. There we go. Mavs, Mavs close behind. Come Maybe up. Jazz make a push with Kyle Korver. Maybe Kyle Korver is what they needed. Um, no, we'll see. Yeah, I'm. I'm happy with my 
the Jazz are going to take a step back this year take. The thing that we didn't realize was that it's possible that the new rules in the NBA have changed the way that the Jazz are playing. And I it's changed Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert might not ever be the same person again because he just loves to be physical to guys who are trying mm-hmm. to cut through the lane. And mm-hmm. now he just doesn't know what to do with his body. Yeah, there's also something to be said about, you know, sometimes centers have short lives in the NBA. True. Like, sometimes a center is only, a, like, is a max player only for two to three years. Roy Hibbert. And then... Dwight Howard. Ro- mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're, like, it just, it, it, it happens to those big guys. You know, you lose a little bit of speed, um, and it, it changes a lot, because Rudy Gobert was never fast. Well, you know what they say in France, c'est la vie. Say lavi. Um all right. A bientôt. Bonsoir. Voulez-vous coucher uh, avec moi? Bonsoir, Dylan. Bonsoir. Bon, <laughs> bonsoir, Shalanka. Je t'aime. Je t'aime. Je t'aime. Mm. Mm. Uh, Mon petit chou. That's, you know that means my little cabbage? That's like a, a common French like little cute little thing that they say. Does your dad speak French? My dad speaks French. Abigail speaks French. <laughs> she just came out the ba- bedroom smiling because we're speaking French on the pod. <laughs> She's so proud. Um, anyway, this has been fun, kind of all over the place. But hey, it's 2 a.m. Le Dauphin, vous jouez dans la mer, which is um, the dolphin swims uh, through the sea, I believe. Oh, is that from... Um, uh, your little animal thing. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> do you remember my? Wait. Do you remember my uh recital? I do. Yeah. <laughs> Who's that composer? What's his name? Uh, don't put me on the spot. Don't put me on the spot. No, it's okay. I never remember any composer's uh, name ever. It's Poulenc. Poulenc. Yeah, I love that name. What a what a good man. Poulenc. Crazy crazy man. Yeah, he does some Poulenc. Poulenc. All right. <laughs> Poulenc? Poulenc. I think it's Poulenc. 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 I don't remember. French is the hardest one of all of the languages that I just think. Seriously, it's a really hard language. Um, they got some weird oh. rules. Okay, we got to go. This is crazy. Bye, Dylan. <laughs> Bye, Chalinga. Peace. <laughs>